0: It is locked on jazz for the what day is it? Twentieth of July. Who will be on the board for the Utah Jazz and who should we be talking about in the draft world? Plus, we'll look at the free agency John Hollinger saying more about what numbers and who he thinks might be available. Plus game six, Bucks and the Suns. A breakdown of all of it, plus a live audience. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. How are you? I'm David Locke, Radio Voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a jazz fan each and every day. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, apologize for we get the show yesterday. I told you this week's going to be a little wacky, so doing the best I can. Uh, coming to you from a random hotel somewhere in the semi-Pacific Northwest, but it's not really. More the Rocky Mountains. Uh, hope everyone's good fun day for me today. I want to share with you. I want to say thank you. Uh, it was on this day in 2009 that I was named the radio voice of the Utah Jazz. So it's been uh, quite a little fun run here for the last, I guess that's 12 years now, if I can do my math right. Uh, and I uh, want to thank you because that it's been amazing. Uh, it's everything I, you know, the story I think you've probably heard as I told my dad when I was somewhere 9, 10, 11, driving the old Wasatch Boulevard before the 215 was in that I want to be that guy, and that guy was Hot Rod. Um, and so it has been everything I ever dreamed of, and uh, wanted to thank you for that. So, uh, And your support, and we've got this little podcast that now comes along with it. I didn't know about that when I was 9, 10, or 11. I didn't, I didn't tell my dad uh, I wanted to do that. All right, uh, chat room is open for you throughout the day as we are live right now on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and uh, Twitch. Again, we'll eventually be just at YouTube. Um, there are some questions of whether keeping it live all the time is going to be the right move. There's some algorithms with YouTube where they actually don't like live videos. And so it doesn't get as promoted as well, unless people see it. Um, so we'll, we'll challenge. That's a little bit of a challenge we have, uh, coming up on the program. Uh, I do want to mention, uh, on draft night, uh, locked on, uh, is venturing into a brand new world. We've never been into. It's pretty incredible on draft night. We will be. Live out of the WFA studios in Dallas, Texas, with a live TV show that will air on Locked on NBA YouTube channel, will th- air on the OTT channels and Amazon Fire uh, and Roku channels across uh, the company that owns us, Tegna. Um, YouTube Locked on NBA is probably easy will also stream on Odyssey's app. Uh, Chad Ford will be in studio along with Raphael Barlow. Uh, they'll both be there, uh, hosted by John Corrales with all of our local experts that w- an unequaled show. Really nobody else in the country can go to a local reporter on every single draft pick, uh, on the, sh- on the way that we will that night. So, uh, excited to do that and, and have that show for you. Please mark it down, get out of your regular habit, but if you're a cord cutter, uh, this one's perfect for you because you, you, it's available for you. All right. Um it was really interesting as we opened up the ultimate mock draft which is up and our 5-day mock draft experience so make sure um you get that as well the ultimate mock draft is available uh, right now it's a different feed than locked on nba by the way so it's it is literally called ultimate mock draft so go grab that um and the ultimate mock draft it was interesting um richard stamen of locked on nba draft opened up the show by saying he has more guys he has more than 30 players set as a first round pick um and i thought that was i thought that was really really interesting um to hear that kind of idea that this draft is this deep because so much of the conversation about this draft has been these incredible top four or five players and then you know, the feeling is that it drops off pretty considerably after that. This was a different perspective. This was a perspective that later on and and, you know, I with the 30th pick in this draft, uh, in the mock draft, I'll be honest, I end up trading it and I get flamed pretty good for that. Um, for the fact that there's actually, you know, players available um, that are of worth to get. So let's let's look at that for a second. And then I think the interesting question, just from our standpoint, I don't think you should draft this way, but is there a position that you think is easiest to join in? So I think there's no question. Like our biggest position of need is a backup point guard. Um, Just another ball handler. You know, if we're able to resign Mike, hopefully, then, you know, we know he's not going to play all 82 games and you have an opportunity. If you have a young player who's actually ready and good enough they'll get a lot of time and maybe they'll be ready for the playoffs the the problem there is i think it's a big leap to decide to think that you can actually end up with a player who in that who's a rookie who's able to contribute in the playoffs to me that seems like um that seems like a big leap that somebody um comes out of college plays and then as 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 the playoffs move like we're not watching a lot of young kids in Phoenix, Milwaukee right now. And we didn't watch a lot of young kids other than Terrence Mann in Phoenix, LA. And we didn't watch a lot of young kids in Philadelphia, Milwaukee. Like you, you just, as the playoffs move on, like I've, I've used Desmond Bain as the example, like he looked fine against us, but you didn't have a feeling he was going to be able to make bigger contributions as the series went on. Or as the, if Memphis had advanced, like it's a really big difference. So, you know, I do think we need a backup point guard, but I also think if we end up with a backup point guard, I, I don't think it's a player who's going to be ready and available to contribute and help when we hit playoff time. The next question is, do you think that a wing player or a big would be able to? Now, obviously, we would hope a Aduko Azebueke, um is able to do that, that Azubuke can be that or Faves. But um, I think, you know, with luxury the the potential of having to move Derek due to luxury tax is real. Like I th- we we've kind of talked about that and none of us want to admit it, but it's real. Um, it's very hard to have a $40 million center and a $9 million center, neither of which that can play the four. Like that's a, if your $9 million center can also play the four, that's, an easier thing to handle because you can get some minutes out of them there. But right now for us to have $50 million locked up in centers is it's a difficult thing. So there's that's a real possibility. I don't think we want to draft another center like you'd hope that Azabuke can can step forward and play. Um, And you don't want to become the Seattle Supersonics when they drafted Johan Petro, Robert Swift and uh, Mohamed Sene in three straight drafts and then none of them could play. Um, Side note from past history. PT, PT draft, let's see, post-traumatic draft syndrome. Um, so, uh, I, you know, then you start talking about like a wing player. And, you know, do we think that you can get a wing player at 30 who's actually going to be able to contribute? They'd have to be better than Mione, um, better than if Elijah Hughes, we think he can play as um, Eugene does in the chat room. Uh, he has to be better than those guys. Uh, And so it's an interesting thing as this pick. It's really why I traded the pick in the mock draft is because I I didn't actually think I could find someone who I thought could help us in the playoffs. Um, And, you know, the, the other choice is to do a little bit what we've seen Phoenix do, which is you laid in the back of your roster with veterans that are willing to play part time and in case it then break in case of emergency or break glass in case of emergency, they're ready to go. So let's start it. We'll take, so that's, I think that's the interesting question. As we look at this draft, it's like, do we really think there's a chance at 30 that you can go get somebody who can help you or you better off using 30 clear salary, acquire second round picks for the future for future trades or something of that nature. So that's, I mean, in the mock draft, you'll see what I do is I move it for a bunch of seconds and figure, you know, we acquired Matt Thomas. Phoenix used one for Torrey Craig, like that's what people did uh, with the draft and 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 with those picks, and that's that's the kind of thing that I of what I thought was a better future use for that. So when we come back, we'll take a look at those players we actually think will really be available um, and look at who they are, get their names, get some information about them uh, on the draft, and then I'll start breaking them down over the next uh, week. I've got a five-hour plane flight today, so I'll watch some games, um, do some more numbers, rundowns for you and throughout the week uh, when I can get the shows out. uh, I will, which might, there's a possibility that I get a show out for you. Tomorrow, and there's a possibility that I get a show out for you Wednesday, and there's a possibility I get a show out for you Thursday. Oh, wait, that's Wednesday. That's the same days. And there's yeah maybe maybe we'll get some done every day the rest of the week. Possible. Um, so we'll do that. We'll look at those kind of each position. According to boards, what should be left, what should be available, and um, get your thoughts. Uh, Today's show is brought to you by my friends over at Murdoch Hyundai, located at 4646 South State Street, also located in Logan and in Linden. If you're looking for a car right now, the North American car of the year is the Hyundai Elantra. I drove it for a while. It was absolutely fabulous. I have the Sonata right now, Um, and uh, it is uh, terrific. Uh it's a little bigger uh than the Elantra. It's uh souped up a little bit. The car I was driving it was a North American car the year was amazing. It was only twenty-six thousand dollars, had every bell, every whistle you can imagine. The SUV lineup is great with the Santa Fe, the Tucson, the Kona, as well as the beautiful Palisade. Hard to get your hands on those uh right now. Let's um so if you're gonna go down and visit any of those three locations in Logan, in Linden, or in um Logan Linden or 4646 South State Street, please feel free. Email me first at dlock09 at gmail.com. That's dlock09 at gmail.com. I'll set you up uh, and get you for a meeting. with whoever, whichever salesperson is right at that market and give you the VIP treatment. Today's show is also brought to you by our good friends over at Intercap Lending. Steve Carter, Intercap Lending. They do amazing, amazing work. It's so great. I had three emails over the weekend of people wanting to meet Steve and I just get excited about the experience they're about to have. The reviews that have come in for Steve Carter over the year are consistent. It is always the same thing. It is simply unbelievable customer service, responsive, on time, uh, helping you get it done. He's done two loans for us and I am not the easiest person to get a loan done with. He did our COO as well. We're very different people. We're probably different uh, and he's probably difficult because of his detail. I'm different because of my scatter. Um, and Steve got us both done. Uh, it was just unbelievable. Steve Carter is our own personal loan officer at intercap lending at three, eight, five, 800 85 three, eight, five, 28. Or again, you can just email me at D lock zero nine at Gmail and I'll set up the meeting with you. Um, with Steve Carter over email and get that done. That's dlock09 at uh, gmail.com. So make sure uh, you check that out. Intercap Lending, NMLS, number 190465. For more information, visit intercaplending.com. Again, either call Steve Carter at 385-885-28 for the best customer service experience you could ever imagine, or feel free to just call me directly or email me directly at dlock09 at gmail.com. All right, let's look at the draft prospects here a little bit uh ultimate mock draft is up and out i mentioned it earlier i just want to make sure that you remember to uh follow it and subscribe and jump aboard and listen to it and thank you for doing it i think when you look at the point guards Cade's going to be gone David mitchell gone sharif cooper gone jared butler anyone you see being invited to the green room gone like anyone invited to the green room gone trey mann likely gone Jaden Springer likely gone. Now we move into some possibilities. So the first one is a kid out of Virginia Commonwealth, Nishan Highland. Um, He ranks kind of 30th and he's a sophomore. He's 6'3", 176. And um, his first year in the league or in college as a freshman he had minimal impact, played about 20 minutes, nine points a game, shot 43% from three, and then this year he went nuts. He took eight threes a game. He also took five free throws a game, which is kind of a great number. Um, he only had 2.1 assists, so if that's your point guard, it's not a natural instinct for him to to move it, and he averaged 20 points a game. So his name's Nashawn Highland. Um, if you're looking for point guards, You look at kind of the big games he played. He opened his year against Utah State, so Scotty G remembers him because they beat Utah State, and he had 23. Um, They did not make the tournament or do anything of that nature, so you kind of go back to his middle-of-the-year performances and try to find, like, that game against, you know, somebody who was pretty good. They played – they played – a moderate schedule as did everyone this year because of COVID. Um, so it's hard to find kind of that game against a marquee player in which he played. That's always what I like to look and watch is see it like what other prospect did you play? Um, and how did you do? Um, and the best team they probably played all year. The only ranked team he played all year was West Virginia in the second game of the year. Um, and he, was 5 of 16 and 0 of 5 from 3 with 13 points. And after that, they never played another ranked team uh, during the year. So it, it's hard to get that kind of grasp on on who he is and um, – on what his his role is, ESPN hasn't even done any analysis on their draft. This is where, quite frankly, Kevin O'Connor and the Ringer deserve a lot of credit um, because Kevin O'Connor is really well detailed and um, breaking these guys down and, and does does really incredible work year in and year out. So you know, give him credit. Um, feel free to check that out um, a little bit. Uh, staying with the kind of looking at the guards. Um, and and probably, you know, when you look at this, there are, point guards are such a different uh world than they once were. Um the kid out of Alabama <clears throat> named Joshua Primo. He's eighteen, he's six four, he's one ninety. I don't know that he I think he's on the board at thirty. Um you know He's he's probably more of a shooter. Shot 38% from three, averaged eight points a game. He's not like an unbelievable body at 6'4", 190. Um, he's not a natural um, ball handling player. I think he had a negative assist to turnover ratio and he is um, he's not, doesn't seem to come out as an elite athlete. Um, so that's one. Miles McBride um, is a 6'1, 195 pound, 20-year-old um, out of West Virginia. So that that matchup against West Virginia, Miles McBride against um Nation uh, Highland is that's an interesting game to kind of go back and watch because those are two players that actually literally are are on the draft board kind of in the same spot um, with each other. And as you know, as we mentioned just a moment ago, Highland did not have a particularly good Good game in that game is you know my I haven't watched that game it's on my list. Miles um, McBride might have actually just gotten the best of him. Uh, McBride six feet two twenty in that same game uh, against VCU. McBride was not that much better. He was four of eleven in twenty four minutes. Um, his best game against he played Gonzaga so that was up against Jalen Suggs. He went four of fourteen. Um, With 10 points against Kansas, he went six of 16 with 19 for 19 points. And then he played a bunch of games against Cade Cunningham and Oklahoma City in the Big 12. Um, A bunch of their games, you know, that's just a wacky season also. But, you know, there's a lot of ranked, good ranked basketball that Miles McBride played um, at. West Virginia, because of the conference he was in. Um, he's more of a natural playmaker. He had five assists a game as a college player, comfortable shooter off the bounce. Um, you know, if he's in a, probably not, you know, at some point you always have to remember, like, if they're 30th on the draft board, then they're not, you know, if they're, if they're a great ball handler, passer, and an elite athlete, they're not going 30, um, even if this draft is deep um, in some ways. Josh Christopher is another one. He's a 19 year old, 6'3, 220. Um, Six three two fifteen out of Arizona State. Um he was re- he really scored it at times this year, but he only shot thirty-one percent from three. They they love to talk about his defensive upside, but he's only six three, two fifteen. Um he's an interesting player. Um being Pac twelve, I think we all know him a little bit. Um he is able to kind of create his own looks. It'll be interesting to see whether that's a good thing or a bad thing in college. Um You know, he only, again, he only shot 31% from three. And so that, I think, at least in my book, makes me kind of wonder a tiny bit of whether or not when you, you know, it's great to be able to create your own shots. It's better if they go in. Like, there's the simplest, most ridiculous analytics to it. But that's it. He's a better athlete than the players we've talked about before. You would kind of think of him as elite athletically. Um, And so we'll see. Um on him uh, continuing kind of down the list of depending on just, if we're looking at at the point guards and I, I don't think I'd cl- classify um, Josh Christopher really as a point guard at that point. Um, we get to a kid out of Louisville named David Johnson uh, Johnson. Uh, and you know, be by being again, by being at Louisville, you're getting some marquee talent. He's probably a little further down most people's boards. Um, he's a, he's a little bit more defensive minded at six, three, two Oh three. He's like physical 13 points a game. Did shoot 39% from three, um, three assists a game, which is not great, but he's a decent pick and roll player, um, and got to be a better shooter than he was his freshman year. So he seems to be heading in the, in the right direction, um, and has, you know, played at Louisville. Um, not, uh, so we can, we can keep that thing. Um, You know these. I I I hesitate here because these guys are their thirtieth pick. So right there's always a flaw. You hate to criticize them. Um, The next point guard you'd look at would be Jason Preston. He's out of Ohio. So again, you have a little bit of this game of like who's he played. He's 21 years old, pretty big time year this year. He had 16 points, seven assists a game, um, shot 39 percent from three, but he shot sub 60 percent from the free throw line. So that's usually the better indicator of like what you're going to be able to do as a um player and if you look at his three years in college his first year he did nothing he scored six points a game in the last two years he really exploded he shot 50 percent from the floor 40 percent from three he was a good free throw shooter until last year so there, there'd be a lot of scouting that has to be done there again though we have this case of by being in Ohio as he played top teams. Well, the interesting one to me is the February or the November 27th game against Illinois. He's against Illinois six. They have a NBA caliber point guard. He drops 31 points and eight assists in that game. Now that's the last time he plays a ranked team for the entire year until they get to the West region where he plays Virginia and he's a little quieter. He has 11 points because four of seven, They do win that game in a surprise, if you recall. And then they go to the second round and they play Creighton. And he ends up having a brutal game. He goes 1 of 10. So... Hard to tell. I mean, you have this one kind of highlight game. If you go watch him against Illinois, he looks absolutely um, fabulous, and you love every uh, second of what you're seeing. All right, we'll continue. That's kind of our look, I think, at the point guards that are on the board for the Jazz at 30. We'll look at a few wings and a few other names for you. We'll take your questions. And Hollinger had a few notes on uh, free agent value uh, that I'd like to get to today. Um, if it's possible, today's show is brought to you by Rock Auto. Rock Auto, uh, no need for you to go into a brick and mortar store and find out how much more you can pay. I mean, why choose to pay 30% or even 50% or even at times 100% more uh, than by going into a chain store or a car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do it yourselfers for over 20 years. It's the exact same price for do it yourselfer as it is for a professional, and the price is always reliably low they have everything you need from brake parts tail lamps motor oil even new carpet it's an old school easy to navigate website check it out at rockauto.com and when you check out please write in locked on in the how would you hear about us section uh so we they know who sent you it's amazing selection it's reliably low prices and it's all the parts your car will ever need. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at betonline.ag. If you're going to do some sports gaming, we do it with our friends over at betonline.ag. They've got all the fun in-game lines, Major League Baseball uh, futures they have up right now. The World Series favorite continues to be the LA Dodgers, followed now by the Astros, then the White Sox, the P- Padres, and the Giants. So the Giants have moved up. To fifth with Donovan Mitchell's Mets sliding behind the Red Sox. Uh, right after that, uh, the dependent the division futures are interesting because of the great race going on in the AL West between the Giants, Dodgers, and Padres. And the Dodgers are now minus two fifty, Giants are plus two seventy five, and Padres are plus five seventy five. Ben Capstick locked on Giants whole show the other day is why the Giants actually should we should be worried uh, tonight. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks are a five point favorite to close out uh, the ball game. Five point favorite to f- close out the series. By the way, the Olympic lines are up, starting here shortly. Czechoslovakia is a seventeen point favorite over Iran. Nigeria is an underdog against Australia, and us. is a fourteen point favorite against Rudy Gobert on july twenty fifth and France. So uh, keep an eye. Uh, and feel free to play any of that if you want to. NBA futures are also up available at BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code Locked On and you get a fifty percent welcome bonus. That's right, free money, fifty percent welcome bonus at BetOnline.ag. All right, I want to get to some of your questions and I want to touch on a few things, um, but I do want to like other players that could be a wing player that might be available Brandon Boston out of Kentucky he was a big-time recruit goes to Kentucky 6'5 190 and um kind of got lost in the mix it happens like is he the next Emmanuel Quickly is he the next Devin Booker um he's a really neat body and athlete at 6'6 188 um, Austin Reeves is a wing out of Oklahoma. He's 23 years old, a red shirt senior. Um, and so, you know, that's kind of the opposite play there. He only shot 30% from three last year. So it's hard for me to understand, but he's an 87% free throw shooter, 18 points a game. Um, he's kind of got a knack for the game is, is what they'll tell you. Uh, also, uh, possibly on the board, but I think probably gone, um, I actually think anybody else we're talking about here is probably gone, uh, on the board of guards, uh, guard players, uh, Sumayu out of Illinois is a possibility 21, 6, 3, 194. He had a pretty good year at Illinois. So that's another name to keep an eye on. So those are some of the names for you. I just kind of want to run down that, um, look at it, keep an eye on it. Um, there's another G league ignite guy that doesn't get a lot of, uh, mention his name is Deshaun Nicks. Um, Six three two twenty five. He's a natural point guard, Um, not an above the rim guy at all. So I I don't know that that you know. I I think you're looking for athletes at some point in this process. All right, let me jump over. Um, Hello from Foz from Sri Lanka. Um, uh, he wants to know if we can sign and trade Mike Conley for. Damian Lillard? And the answer is probably not because we can't sign any of our trade. Well, actually, by that point, we could trade some of our draft picks, but that would have to be like Portland would have to want to do that. And when you already have CJ McCollum, I don't know. I don't think that would be high on Portland's list. And then the other person would have to do that is Mike Conley. So we don't actually control where we sign and trade Mike Conley. Mike Conley would sign and trade. Uh, If we sign and traded Mike Conley, um, that would be um you'd have to you know he has to agree to it so that's that's the part of that that i think you're uh maybe forgetting Uh, joseph says we need aggressive and risk-taking front office people our current front office are playing playing to not lose instead of playing to win how would you back that up just for interest like what would be your example that says that that is true like the mike conley trade where they like gave up a lot to go get a point guard would it be the trading Dante Exum for Jordan Clarkson is like playing it to not lose? Like, I mean, I think they're you know, and I I don't know what like an aggressive and risk taking could also send you to the very bottom of the barrel if you're not careful. Um, so I I think um, you know I, I it, it's a, it's a it sounds good it sounds flashy, Josh or Joseph, to make that kind of comment about the, but I'm I'm interested in in what it is that you think that they should have done or what move that could have been made or how they, you know, they they went and tried to go get Mike twice, got it done. Um, So, um, you know, I think that's, I just want to know if that's uh, reality. Del Toledo says, thank you. And um, Ben bails me out. It's I O, Dusomu, okay? Um, Yeah, I've had a hard time with that. Uh, make sure you go grab the ultimate mock draft. Uh, let me go back to Hollinger. I said I uh, I wanted to share this. I thought there there's an interest Here are some of the players that he had as minimum players. So if you're trying to get a minimum player next year, he had a few guys he mentioned I thought were interesting. Lou Williams, which I, I don't think we're interested in. Ish Smith, 33 years old, 6 feet, and he's played 11 years in the league. Um never been very efficient offensive. Frank Milikina. Um shot nineteen percent on two pointers last night, last year, John Hollinger points out. This is why these guys are the minimum. Jeff Teague, Alfred Keaton, Dennis Smith Jr. Um he's only twenty three. Brad Wanamaker, who was so bad last year and so good the year before. Brandon Goodwin, who actually was pretty good last year in Atlanta. He's restricted, though, are some of the players that are available likely for the minimum. All kind of point guards. Interesting. Like a, And then there'll be a million centers available for the minimum, too, because that's just the way the league works now um, like that. So interesting. He had Alex Caruso making 12 million, TJ McConnell making 12 million, Spencer Dinwiddie at around 13, Hendrick Nunn, who I'd mentioned at 11, Dennis Schroeder at 11, Derek Rose at 10, Reggie Jackson at nine, which means I think he ends up back with the Clippers if that's the case. Gordon Dragic at seven, Patty Mills at seven. will Netto at $6.2 million this is his valuation. Um, Interesting. Good for Howell. Hope that's true. All right. That wraps us up today. Thanks very much for jumping in. Thanks for hanging with me. Um, Andy says, what are the chances we lose Conley for nothing? That would be bad. Yes, that would be bad. What are the chances? Chances are he has some other place he wants to go that's willing to give him cap space. And he signs, and we are unable to do a sign and trade to get something out of it, and all we get is a trade exception. That would be the worst-case scenario. And Brady says, Netto! We all love Howell. Have a good one. He was in town the other day, actually. My daughter was somewhere, and um, Howell was sitting across from at the coffee shop. All right. Hope you guys are good. Uh, talk to you soon. And, uh, oh, wow, this is this is worthy of a debate for tomorrow. I would take Towns over Gobert. What you give up in defense, you gain in offense, and come out better, in my opinion. Wow, how a playoff series makes us forget everything we know. Have a good one. Uh, this is Locked on Jazz. Make sure right now you go grab the ultimate mock draft and listen to that. Get ready. Day two is in the books today. Have a good one. See you.